This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, Kurt Becker joins us again today as the Keeneland track announcer readies himself to call today's Stellar Breeders' Cup card. And shortly, we will hear from Kurt and talk about not only the huge Saturday card in Lexington, Kentucky today, but also a special horse by the name of Flightline and also Kurt's standard bread roots, which continues to run on both sides of the border. Also, friend of the show jockey Chantel Sutherland will join us as the Breeders' Cup theme continues. And today at Keeneland, Chantel will be aboard Willie Boy in the $2 million Breeders' Cup Sprint. Chantel won her first race in 2000 at Woodbine and since then has won major stakes races around the world. And in 2011, Chantel was aboard Game On Dude as she sought to become the first woman jockey to win the Breeders' Cup Classic, a race that Game On Dude actually finished second. So in today with Willie Boy, Chantel will have her eyes set in the prize, so to speak, and hoping that the duel will be good enough to win the $2 million Breeders' Cup Sprint and Keelan. In addition, friend of the show Tommy Masses also joins us again today and once again there will be more Breeders Cup talk and Tommy who was a regular handicapper at Woodbine is also a frequent participant in thoroughbred handicapping contests across North America and also a regular contributor to a number of horse racing talk shows. Today Tommy joins us as he also is at Keeneland and we'll talk about some of the stakes action on tap at Keeneland today. And finally while he's back co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine. Woodby Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their ponies picks today. Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert on all things ponies, your friend and mine, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Well, not as good as Bulldog Hanover. Bulldog Hanover did it again, stakes record, tied the track and Canadian record with 146.45, the Breeders' Crown Open. Uh, Wood by Mohawk. I mean, what more can we say about this remarkable horse? Yeah, and it was the way he did it, too. It was just he, he turned into the stretch and just went into another gear, it seemed. And, uh, you know, we've talked to trainers, we've talked to drivers, we've talked to people involved in the industry, and they, they say that that's what's making this horse different. He just seems to have that extra gear. And well, I imagine the helpless feeling of the other drivers. Like, what are you, <laughs> you, what, what you going to do? Well, when we had... Uh, James McDonald on a few weeks ago, he said he'd had a pretty good view of, <laughs> yeah. of Bulldog Hanover because yes. he's chased him across the wire a few times. And I think that's what a lot of the drivers are feeling <laughs> yes. right now. So, Oh, man, it's been unbelievable to track Bulldog Hanover this year. Like every time we think, well, Larry, you know, you know, maybe Bulldog Hanover's peaked. It's not. He's not peaked. Yeah. Well, it looks like the story is going to gradually come to an end because uh, he's got uh, – Basically, he was supposed to go to a race at Rosecroft, and they've changed the schedule Oh, that's now. right. Yes. So that's been changed. So uh, he's got one more stake start, and that's the uh, TVG Classic at the Meadowlands. I did read that. That's yeah, correct. So, uh, and I know what they're looking for is they're trying to shop and hopefully get a get a race uh, set up at Mohawk for him mm-hmm. as a you know that he can go into the uh, off of the off of that race into the TVG Classic, and then I think that is it because. Uh, um, I think he's uh, he's basically done enough. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, you have some other news to let our listeners know about. Yeah, the, uh, there was some uh, announcement this week that, uh, and for a lot of our listeners that have been in the on the harness side for a while, a, a driver by the name of Kevin Wallace, uh, if you went to Pompano back in the day or the days of Windsor or, or that, you would know Kevin Wallace because he won a lot of races. And uh um, he ended his uh, driving career at Mohican Sun Pocono uh, this past Tuesday, and uh, I think he, he's won over 10,000 10, 10, wins. He, uh, he's 66 years old. He's native of London, Ontario, like John Campbell. So, like, that's... Shout out, London. Yeah, and uh, he... Uh, he guided the winners of uh, nearly 52 million in his 45-year <laughs> driving career, and uh, you know his uh, total of 652 wins in his best season uh, got him second behind Tony Morgan among all drivers. So, uh, but he was a driving champion at Windsor, Pompano, Hazel Park, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I remember watching him and racing against him and losing against him. So. Uh, uh, he was he was very good. Um, didn't get a lot of fanfare, but uh, the numbers speak for themselves. They did, yeah. And uh, you know, he he just uh, he was the he was the king of Windsor. I know I had raced a couple of horses down at that track, and and that so unbelievable. And also, this is such a huge weekend for the thoroughbred racing scene, the Breeders' Cup. Uh, the huge Friday Saturday extravaganza uh, uh, off the track, the pomp and circumstance, the the parties and that, but on the track, it's big business. Yeah, to a um, a uh, handicapper, it's like uh, Christmas, right? Well, and, uh, you know, uh, and Christmas only comes once a year. Breeders' Cup only comes once a year. 
And then, and then a lot at stake here, horse of the year, possibly mm-hmm. on the line, potential uh, stud fees it, that could be into the uh, millions and millions of dollars. So there's a lot that has, has to happen today and a lot that can happen for these owners, trainers, and horses and jockeys. And we have the side story with Moira too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she's, uh, you know, taking on the best and, uh, you know, we'll see what, what's going to happen uh, today with her and, um, Yeah. Uh, that's that's a that's basically a good side story with some good Canadian roots. Is it ever? And with that in mind, we're pleased to once again be joined by friend of the show, Keeneland Racecourse track announcer Kurt Becker, who was one of the absolute best in the business. And our very own Larry Simpson had the opportunity to talk to Kurt and speak about today's Breeders' Cup races at this fabled Kentucky racetrack. Well, Kurt Becker joins us today, and Kurt, you could say, will probably have the best seat in the house as the Keeneland track announcer will be the man behind the mic for today's Breeders' Cup races. Kurt? It's good to be back with you again, Larry. Talk first about yourself. How many years have you called Breeders' Cup races? Well, I've been fortunate to be involved with several editions of the Breeders' Cup. Uh, Keeneland has hosted the event twice before, so I got to do the track call in both 2015 and in 2020. So this will be my third one as the track announcer. Uh, first experience I had with Breeders' Cup goes all the way back to 1998. I was the track announcer at that time at Churchill Downs, but but that was back in the days when uh, the, the announcer who did the network television call would also do the call for the house public address system. So uh, I, I had a good seat for the races that day, but just uh, didn't have much to do. So, but it's uh, it's always a fun day for sure. So is there one race, Kurt, from the past that still continues to resonate with you? You know, it's difficult given, uh, what well, this is the 39th year for the Breeders' Cup, but it's, uh, it, it's tough to narrow it down. I think for me personally, uh, when Ali Sheba won the Classic back in 1988, I, I was a 19-year-old kid who was in the standard bread business, uh, a game which I very much enjoy to this day but was trying to find a way to get involved in thoroughbred racing. And I think the, uh, the Ali Sheba win in the darkness at Churchill, I remember watching that race on television in my mom and dad's living room. And I was just captivated. And I, I think that that race and probably Black Tie Affair when he won the Classic a few years later, uh, those were just two races from my days before I was in thoroughbred racing that really got my attention and made me say I, I would love to be involved with that. Let's talk about today's card, especially the $6 million classic and a horse by the name of uh, Flightline. He's five for five. Is he the real deal? I, I think he is. I mean, you've, you've got to give the horse credit, uh, given the fact that uh, he, he won a, a great one, the Pacific Classic, by a near 20-length margin. It was just <laughs> in a canter at the, at the end of it. With, with that said, I'm not sold on this idea that a lot of people seem to have that uh, he will cakewalk the classic. I I think he's certainly the legitimate favorite. But uh, in the seven horses that he runs against, I mean, top to bottom, this is a pretty deep Breeders' Cup classic. You've got Life is Good, uh, who's a multiple grade one winner this year. You've got Hot Rod Charlie, who's tough as nails. You've got Epicenter, who just uh, rocked in the Traverse Stakes this year. Olympiad, who's coming off a grade one win. Rich Strike, who won the Kentucky Derby. Taba, who comes in off a great one win. Uh, and, and that only leaves Happy Saber, who maybe doesn't have that level of credentials, but but always runs a good, honest race. So uh, do, 
Do I think he's? Do I think Flightline's the, the legitimate favorite? Absolutely. Do I think he will win? Most likely he does, but I I would be shocked. I mean, folks that are expecting him to go out and repeat that Pacific Classic performance and win by the length of the home stretch, I I really don't see that part happening. Could you see maybe a speed duel existing between him and Life Is Good, and, and both of them get run into the ground? Well, it, it's it's the, the thing that is curious. If you go back and look at the Pacific Classic. In the first half mile or so, flight line uh, laid in the second position, uh, kind of just off the, the hindquarters of the early pace setter. And I think Trevor Denman even mentioned in the call, he said flight line is keen to go on, and he was. He was determined. He wanted to. He wanted just to go ahead and, and start to roll. By the time they got to about the middle of the backstretch, he was alongside a forty-five to one long shot pace setter early on. So. If life is good, goes out for the lead as he's wont to do, and this time Flightline has to put away a, a, a multiple grade one winner who's one of the best racehorses in North America. I, I, I think he's still capable. I, I, I think he's capable of coming out of a speed battle with life is good and surviving that part. But again, I just don't think you're going to see the horse just blitz the field by 25 lengths or anything like that. They also could get into a speed duel and set it up for a horse like Epicenter or even Cyberknife, right? They could. I mean, Epicenter is a good example because Epicenter has that stalking style where uh, presumably one would think he would be laying pretty close to the pace. And if a scenario developed where flight line and life is good, uh, went out and and hooked up in a speed battle and, and then both began to back up, I think Epicenter would be among the first horses to benefit from that. And, and then you think about uh, you think about Rich Strike, uh, the Kentucky Derby winner. You know, he, he ran a pretty big race at Churchill Downs in his most recent outing, and he's a horse that wants to come from off the pace. He needs a hot pace up front, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't throw him out. I you know if if you end up with a really sizzling pace early, that's like, at least would, would help uh, Rich Strike maybe get into position to, to pick up a couple of pieces of the stretch. So, speaking of Rich Strike, do you think he's the real deal from winning the Kentucky Derby? Because he, let's face it, he hasn't won a race since then, correct? To be fair, he ran a, a really competitive race in the Lucas Classic at Churchill in, in his most recent start. Now, uh, granted, the Lucas Classic is not a great one. You still have to go back and, and to say, look, but there was a reason Rich Strike was 80-1 to 1 mm-hmm. at post time for the Kentucky Turkey. What other races are you uh, looking forward to uh, today on Saturday? As far as the, uh, the this first day, it's so much fun to see the, the two-year-olds uh, go to the post because, uh, as the Breeders' Cup likes to call it, a, a future stars Friday. I, I, I'll give you one example for, for the Friday card. A horse that actually ran at Woodbine, a two-year-old filly last call, yep. who won the Natalma. Uh, you know, she she has uh, she picks up Frankie DeTory, and of course Frankie's got a lot of experience in the Breeders' Cup, a uh, world-class jock. And I I think that uh, last call and what is a big price on the morning line, double-digit odds, and if. I think that if, uh, you know, she might be one I would keep an eye on. Cave Rock in the juvenile, I think the consensus is that he's head and shoulders the best two-year-old colt in North America on the dirt. Uh, I'm anxious to see him. Again, going going back to your Woodbine races from uh, September.
Rougier, the mayor that won the, the E.P. Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's 12 to 1 on the morning line for the Philly and Mayor Turf. And uh, again, I, if, if she goes off anywhere near 12 to 1, I, I think she's kind of an attractive price because I don't. I just don't see anybody overpowering that Philly and Mayor Turf group. I think that's a. I think that's a wide open race. And if Rougier goes off at 12 to 1, uh, um, I think she's she's worth a look. The other one is the mile. The mile on Saturday. Uh, Ken Ross is in the best form of his life. You've got Modern Games who won uh, last year yep. as a two year old. I think. I think. I think that's going to be a heck of a showdown, probably between those two. But who knows? Maybe some others as well. Do you still get a charge out of calling Breeders' Cup races? That is something that uh, that, that never gets old. In fact, I, uh, I I had that question asked of me uh, just, just a few days ago. And the way I put it, I said, look, to be frank, I still get butterflies when I walk through the gates of Keeneland on, on a Keeneland spring or fall beat race day because uh, Keeneland is such a beautiful place. It's such a privilege to call there. The racing is world-class. Now you add the Breeders' Cup on top of it. Absolutely. Uh, there will be there will be nerves, there will be excitement, and uh, hopefully a lot of fun. When you first came on, you were talking about uh, your harness racing ties, and I think that's when you and I first connected uh, You know, back in the sales and that. Uh, talk about your ties in the harness racing. Fortunate to grow up in the in a family that was very much involved in horse racing, uh, standard bred, not thoroughbred, but yet I say fortunate because I, I, I have loved uh, our family's involvement in the game. My dad, uh, Carl Becker, who's gone now, he passed about a year ago, and mm-hmm. uh, he was a track announcer in, in the Midwestern United States, ended up going into the, the Hall of Fame in the U.S. in Ocean, New York. Um, he used to come to Canada. Uh, he worked a lot of standard bread sales, and I followed into his footsteps. And uh, and then we had a family friend, Dave Johnson, who was the voice of the United States Triple Crown on national television for many many years. He was a good friend of my folks, and I think uh, because of because of my mom and dad knowing Dave, that was something that probably was was what originally piqued my curiosity about about thoroughbred racing. But uh, yeah, the standard bread game. The Canadian program for for standard bread racing is is a a fantastic program, and and, uh, I enjoyed last weekend. In fact, uh, I I sat down last Friday and Saturday night, and I tuned into the uh, the Fox Sports 2 telecast uh, from from Woodbine at Mohawk and enjoyed the Breeders' Crown. Uh, I I just think, think, I will say this, and not just because I'm on your show, I don't care if it's my involvement in standard bread racing, NASCAR racing, thoroughbred racing, across the board, it has been my experience, Canada is home to some fantastic racing fans, and I don't care if it's motorsports or if it's equine, Mm -hmm. uh, you all have some terrific, terrific race fans, and it makes it a lot of fun. You uh, mentioned the uh, Breeders' Crown. Uh, Talk to me about a horse by the name of Bulldog Hanover. He's a horse that really caught the fancy of uh, not only the standard bread industry, but but even people in North America that uh, that maybe don't follow standard bread racing, you know, I, I know that, that things didn't go exactly ideal down the stretch. Uh, I think particularly the, the race of Lexington, where he was uh, going to try to break his, his whole-time world record, fastest hardest horse ever at the one-mile distance, 145 and four, and it really just didn't set up well for him that day. But, uh, you know, that, that, that takes nothing away from him. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. Larry, that it's a year where you had uh, Bulldog Hanover with such brilliant speed and 
and rattling off so many wins, capturing the, the imagination of the public. At the same time, you've got Flightline on the thoroughbred side here in the state who, who has kind of done the same thing with his performances. So uh, I think Flightline and, and Bulldog Hanover both have, have done a lot for their respective sports. It's the greatest horse race you ever called and why? Oh, wow. Uh, the greatest horse race I've, I've ever called. I, that's a tough one to answer. I, I've been fortunate to uh, to be involved with, with, with calling uh, some wonderful races. I, I think that maybe, you know, it, it depends on how you define greatest horse race. Uh, it can be defined by how close was the finish, how many noses on the wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be defined by individual performance. I think, you know, what I, what I would say is uh, it was a great privilege to call do the track call for American Pharaoh's final race of his career, the Breeders' Cup Classic. That's something that I, I will always cherish, having had the chance uh, to do the track call for, for the Breeders' Cup Classic that year. And the, the other one that comes to mind is Whitmore. Uh, the last time we had the Breeders' Cup at Keeneland, 2020, Whitmore won the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I'm wanting to say he was seven years old, yeah. and I just loved it for that old horse because I thought his best days were behind him, and, you know, he had been third and fourth and fifth, and, and uh, when he came out of the crowd down the stretch that day, I just started uh, shouting Whitmore's name about three or four times in a row because I, I think the race fan popped out at me. I thought, good for him. Fun, fun to see the old guy have a good day. <laughs> okay, Kurt, thanks for doing this. Much appreciated. When we come back, friend of the show, jockey Chantel Sutherland, getting ready to race in the Breeders' Cup, will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds. One vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, then. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, jockey Chantel Sutherland, joining us today live from Keeneland Racecourse. Later today, she'll be aboard the amazing Willie Boy in the $2 million Breeders' Cup Sprint. Chantel, as always, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
I, I see from your social media some great video, Willie Boy, uh, looking fantastic, uh, getting ready, doing some workouts, looking at the gates. Uh, let's tell the listeners about Willie Boy and why you're so excited to be riding this horse. I'm really excited to be riding him because he's got um, he has a lot of talent and uh, he's just in really good form. And I really think he's got a really good shot tomorrow. He's been off since the Vanderbilt, though. Would that layoff hurt him, do you think, or has he been training well? No, I think his, the type of horse that he is, he needs time between races, and I think he likes to and prefers to run fresh. I think that George or Jorge Delgado has done a really good job at um, prepping him into this race, and he thrived off a uh, time off. I think you know some horses really like to run once a month and like flight line. You know, he doesn't run as very often. Just some horses uh, handle the the training and the stress of racing differently. Now, we talk about the horse's preparation for a race like this. What about your own preparation? But for the listeners maybe don't understand, how do you prep for a race like this in an event as big as this is? So I've been doing a lot of training. So I, you know, I do my regular yoga, weight training, uh, cycle bar, um, but it's every day, um, a lot of meditation, and then also I do uh, like the vitamin drip I did uh, five days ago, which is um, you take your vitamins, uh, you know, through right directly into your bloodstream, mm. and just tons of like supplements. And I feel like uh, I'm a racehorse. I'm you know my feed, everything that I eat, it's all just really strict leading up to this. And this isn't your first uh, Breeders' Cup. Uh mount is it and uh, talk about that and do you still get charged about riding in, in a breeder's cup race yes for sure i get charged riding uh, leading up to a breeder's cup race even um handicapping two days ago i mean you're handicapping you kind of get to know the horses but being at the track and then handicapping the races again and watching each horse how they run and the replays i mean you get you get excited your heart starts pumping and Having been in a Breeders' Cup before, um, I know what it entails, and it's a long day, so I have to, you know, be careful not to get too excited with adrenaline because I want to just save all my energy for that race because I know at the end of the race, um, if I'm going to have to have a fight, it's going to be with a really good jockey, so <laughs> I have to be really on my best. <laughs> Speaking with Chantel Sutherland, uh, outstanding jockey who'll be aboard Willie Boy today at Keeneland Racecourse in the Breeders' Cup at the $2 million Breeders' Cup Sprint. So in a race like this, you leave the starting gate. How much is the jockey? How much is the horse? Or is a bit of both to become successful in a race of this magnitude? Well, the break is always key. And uh, two days ago, we took Willie Boyd to the gate to school him. And he is very good from the gate. And I just hope and pray that we get a great break. That will determine a lot of the outcome of the race for him. And uh, so as quiet as I can be in the gate is really important and also hopefully that there's no other disruptions in the gate but we're ready we're prepared for anything um the gate crew and I've already spoken I want my horse's nose in the V which is the front of the gate I don't like him leaning on the back and uh that's just really important for me after that then it's like then you can go plan A, B, C in your mind um I'm pretty good with my instincts and and then it's just up to him like he's got to just give me what i need and i know i know what to do from there hmm. so do you still get butterflies in your stomach in a race like this yeah i mean even talking to you i get excited <laughs> and starting to sweat <laughs> but i 
I feel like it's, it just was an exciting uh, moment, and I want it not only for the trainer, the groom, and uh, the assistant trainer, the Gallup boy. They put so much love, determination, and dedication into this. And the owners, like they're amazing people. Bill and Paula Cosgrove have really given me a huge opportunity, and the trainer, Jorge Delgado, and he's on his way up. Like the kid is such a talented trainer. Like the sky's the limit for him, and I just really hope for him. So, it's a bit of a responsibility, but I'm completely ready for it, and I'm totally pumped. 51 wins this year. 51 victories, Chantel, over $2 million in earnings. I guess for listeners who are trying to understand why you had so much success, why is it? Why have you been able to win so many times this year? Well, I did take time off a couple of years and then got had sustained an injury. Then COVID happened. So it was a bit of like a lot of roadblocks. And then now I feel like I got through everything. And really dedicated, focused. I found the place that I really want to be, which is Gulfstream in Miami. And I feel really good there. I feel at home. And uh, I love that there's no income tax. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I love where I'm at. I'm happy. And I think the horses sent it. And um, I think when you're happy and you're healthy, like, what else is there? Yeah, well said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just took the, the next question out of out of my repertoire here. Now, I was going to ask you if you're at least homesick for Woodbine. No, God, no. It's too cold. <laughs> it's cold here in Keeneland. I'm like, I couldn't, I don't think I could do it. But I love Canada. I'm really cheering for Moira and Kevin Attard. Uh, the horse looks great. I, I've been watching all the trainers out here and just to see, you know, I came from Kevin Attard. He was, his dad trained me. I worked for him. Before I was a jockey, and, I, and then Kevin became a trainer. And now to see him here, and we're both at the Breeders' Cup. And I remember they used to tease me before I was a jockey and make me clean all the tack for 30 horses, <laughs> saying, you're going to be a jockey. You're going to have to just to do this again. And then we're both here, so we both made it. And um, I'm proud for him. I'm proud for myself. I'm very proud to be Canadian and, and also American, both. Chantel, you alluded to earlier that part of your preparation includes a lot of meditation. I, is that that mental imaging? You're you're imagining what your trip's going to be like, what you're going to do, your strategy in the race, when you're going to let Willie Boy go in the home stretch and go for broke? Is that the kind of mindset when you're imagining and meditating? Yes, exactly. So the race that I love with Willie Boy was at Tampa, and the way that he jumped out of the gate, like I was two in front, and then I could catch a little bit of a breather but I also don't want to take anything away that comes easy. So if I'm there earlier, I'm two in front, I'm not going to wait for them. I'm going to continue on my journey um, without pushing him. And that's, that's if I get that type of break from him, from the gate. And then the other, other way I could ride him is I loved how I rode Super Chow. I'd love for him to do something like that. And then the second, third alternative is if Jackie's Warrior gets a little ahead of me, then, I mean, I'm in the power position. I get to put pressure uh, last time when I was in Saratoga, Jackie's Warrior got to put pressure on me, and I was on the inside. So I really love my my post position. I think I'm in a powerful spot. I think that if I'm the long shot in this race, I'm the one you want to bet on because I'm super live. And if you're going to get great odds with me, don't leave me out of your pick, picks. I love it. Yeah, and you just had a, a, a recent uh, stakes win. Talk about that. Um, Super Chow is mm-hmm. a younger horse that's maturing um, really well. He's more of a uh, nervous um, but intense type horse compared to Willie Boy. 
Willie Boy is like an older dude. He's like, I've been here. He's uh, takes everything in stride. He he's a bit of a poser and never gets uh, nervous. And then Super Chad's more. He's younger, so he's he, he just wants to you know beat everybody up, and he's just excited and wants to look everybody in the eye. So he's maturing, and and what I love about him in this race, he really showed us some like really talent. Like he broke super well from the gate. We were going a little bit fast. I have to say I was a little concerned and I just tried not to move. And, and when I ride a horse like that, I kind of try not to use my hands too much and just use the weight of my body to kind of make him um, contain himself. And then when I got to about the quarter pole, the crowd erupted with noise, which was really exciting. And then I could see the shadow from Jose, uh, um, Jose Ortiz, right on my hip and I knew that the shadows move faster than the horses. I said, I got a little bit more time and then I gunned it. Like I moved and I just went like shook my reins and tripped to him. And then I, I uh, just really asked him with everything I had and he accelerated and I was shocked myself. So- and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Uh, the video of the race is fantastic, Chantel. A great insight to the strategy of a, a champion jockey where you're inside on the pole, on the railing, and as you get that home stretch, you slide out to about, what, 12 to 15 feet out, and that's where you really kick it into gear. Yeah, so my tactic with Super Chow was come out of the gate, put pressure on the inside a little bit, not to get in trouble. And I think Jose's tactic was to come out, and I unfortunately... Um, I think he caused um, Luke Sizes' horse to have a bit of trouble, but I was out of the, I was out and gone, so I was in a good spot. And when I did see that shadow, I got to be honest, I wanted to drift out a little bit uh, to give him a little more of a challenge to get around me. Hmm. I didn't know I was going to open up like that, but I was just dotting all my eyes, crossing all my T's. I was making sure that you know he was going to have to really run to catch me and really work hard to pass me. Well, I'm glad he didn't work hard enough because you were actually one of my ponies' picks. That yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I picture, I picture a horse. I didn't jinx it this no, time. Yeah. So. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I want to ask you, uh, Chantel, uh, you've had a pretty good career, a very good career as a rider. Uh, is there one race that you haven't won that continues to elude you? Oh my God! Then they took me off the morning I was in uh, Kentucky. And they took me off mine that bird in the Kentucky Derby and told me that Calvin Burrell was going to ride. Mm. I had to tell you, I don't think there's any more pain in your heart mm. than, I mean, it's like having someone break up with you in front of everybody. <laughs> and uh, he broke my heart. Um, I remember going home and then just watching it with Emma Jane Wilson in the jocks room because we rode that day and it was late and Animal Planet Jockeys, that TV show was filming me. Mm-hmm. And just like the shock that goes through your body. And uh, so that one's the one. That one definitely. And the Breeders' Cup Classic. I mean, just being in the Breeders' Cup, any race would be awesome to win. Being second to Mike Smith, that was a bit heart wrenching there. But for sure, the Kentucky Derby. Like, that's my dream. Ladies and gentlemen, Chantel Sutherland and Willie Boy. Keep a note on that when you're making your picks today for the $2 million Breeders' Cup Sprint. Chantel, as always, welcome to the show. Best of luck. We love your insight and a continued success. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day, and good luck with all your picks. Absolutely. You know, Larry, I, I loved her fascinating insight because I always wondered, 
she saw the shadow of the horse mm-hmm. and that was her cue. And there's so much strategy in a race of that level. And especially today at the Breeders' Cup, they've done so much preparation. They not only know the other horses, they know the other jockeys and what to look for when they try to make a move like that. Well, jockeys have little tricks of the trade that, Absolutely. They, that they get away with. And, and, uh, and, and I think that was it. Like uh, Chantel's been riding long enough that she said she saw the, the saddle of the horse and you know she it gave her an opportunity to basically chirp to her horse yeah and the horse went on and, and won the race and it was brilliant because she drifted from the railing at about 12 to 15 feet out mm-hmm. just kind of like no you don't just to make sure and then the rest is history so it's going to be now that's just something we all horse racing fans have to watch for today the breeders is what kind of strategy coming down that back stretch for the home stretch for the finish line what these jockeys and horses are going to do it'll be great to see after the break when we come back woodbine handicapper tommy masses friend of the show will join us on ponies 24 7 the radio magazine stay tuned ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 virtual seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, friend to all, Tommy Mass is joining us today. And Tommy is a regular participant in thoroughbred handicapping contests across North America. But today, like every other horse racing fan, Tommy is focused on this spectacular Breeders' Cup card at Keeneland. Tommy, as always, welcome back to the show. We're big fans. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. It's an honor to be back. I think it's my third time. Thanks for having me again. Usually people experience me once, and it's enough. (laughs) (laughs) We're gluttons for punishment. What can we say? Um, Larry and I have been going over this card, and it is tough to pick winners in all the races. The competition is so fierce. As a handicapper, you must be sifting through a mountain of data just to figure out who has the edge over another because they're so close, all these races. Yeah, so what I do is I give it a, you know, a quick uh, run-through. You know, it takes about 10 minutes, and, uh, you know, hopefully the criteria I look for pops right out, and throughout the whole card, nothing popped out, and it's just, it's just you know, it's you guys put it the right way. I, found, I find it impossible tomorrow 
And now with going to be a real good chance of rain, that throws another curveball at you. And it's basically, you know, where if I bet Woodbine every day, I can find strong opinions and format around that for the Breeders' Cup tomorrow. What I'm going to do is I just basically cut down each race to a list of contenders and race by race look for, you know, one of my contenders to be a lot better priced than the other contenders and try to focus in like that. I'm really, you know, I'm really... I'm like a tourist for these two days, like everyone else. They're coming from everywhere. If you wanted to really handicap properly, like I do one track, it would take me seven people in eight days to do this. So mm. it's kind of winging it and just playing it race by race instead of playing pick threes and pick fours. Hmm. So like on Breeders' Cup Saturday day, like today, uh, Tommy, uh, do you approach the, the races as, uh, as a racing fan or as a handicapper or as both? Well, more as a fan, so I like to play Woodbine uh, in my, you know, daily play now. I'm playing Woodbine in Hong Kong, and so I just really focus on them, and I will be playing like a tourist slash victim uh, today. So, (laughs) you know, that's the way I'm being honest with myself. I know I don't have an advantage over everyone, over some people, but no, I'm going to have fun, try to make some money, but more try not to get hurt and just enjoy the races watching the great horses more than trying to beat them wagering. Well, a lot of our listeners, Tommy, are really focused on Moira, that super filly. When you look at her from a handicapping standpoint, what kind of odds and what kind of picks should our listeners make when you look at a horse like Moira, considering the competition she's up against? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Moira. I saw her from right from the beginning, how good she was going to be. And she's continually progressed every race, and I'm sure she's going to even progress more today, but is she one or two races more away from these? Will she ever be as good as these? It's hard to gauge. Like, you know, if these horses were just coming from, say, like Belmont and Woodbine, it's easy. But when they're coming from all over the world, especially the Euros, you know, you know, I can watch replays of Euros and read the form, but I don't really know who they're racing. It's just too much work to delve into. And Moira will be a price thing, and I don't think she'll be at the right price to play. I think her her, uh, speed figures are high, and the good thing for Moira, but price-wise, you know, you you have to factor a price into everything. In the olden days, any Canadian horse ran. I was betting on them, a 1-5 to or 100-1. to I was just a fan, but in all perspective, I am a fan of Moira, and she would have to be over 10-1 to for me to to think Hmm. about playing her. Hmm. And then you have the Breeders' Cup Classic and a horse called uh, Flightline who took a 126 buyer his last start. Like, have you ever seen a buyer like that? And, and can this horse be beaten today? No, you, you basically, you know, this horse has, uh, whether it's true or not, but everyone's pretty sure the horse has issues because of the time space between races. And, you know, it would take something something to go wrong for this horse to get beat and it's you know if you're betting against him uh today and hoping something goes wrong but then you're you should be in an insane asylum you're not normal you know you're, you're, you're wishing bad on a horse to, to cash a ticket but this horse really shouldn't lose i can't bet the horse in any way factors doubles whatever i just the value will be too too low and i'm definitely not gonna be fool enough enough to bet a bet against him and just hope I, you know, see something uh, special that I'll remember the rest of my life today. That'll be payment enough for, you know, a lifelong horse player like me. 
And Tommy, I keep looking at modern games in the mile. Am I crazy to think that's a good pay, a good play? No, I'm definitely going to not play that horse at all. Hmm. The horse is very talented, but just ran, you know, didn't run too too long ago in England. Though that that day they had Champions Day there. That's their big day. That's something they grew up, uh, you know, like a Toronto trainer dreaming of winning the plate or a U.S. trainer dreaming of winning the Derby. That winning races on that day it's their big thing. And I think they all pointed their good horses there. I think modern games at a, a low price is definitely a horse not to bet on. I'm okay. not saying he, he can't win, but there's reasons for me to bet against that horse. All right. Let, let's talk about basically handicapping and handicapping by looking at the horse and the jockey. How much emphasis when you're handicapping a race do you put on the horse or on the jockey? Well, I put everything is everything is the horse, the jockeys, trainers, post positions, everything else really doesn't mean nothing because when you have a bad jockey, you usually get better odds. You have a bad trainer, you get better odds. You know, if your horse has the best jockey and the best trainer, your odds are lower. So it's usually ninety percent of the time evens out when you you know when you when you bet on a bad trainer and jockey, you usually get paid more for it. So for me, it's a fair trade. As much as you know about handicapping, Tommy, and your depth of knowledge is ridiculous every time we talk to you, are you still finding yourself learning more and more about the craft and the game of what you do? Yes, and and what I'm learning, what I'm learning is, uh, I'll put it in golf perspective. I've been I've been shooting in the mid '80s for five years, right? Yeah. And sometimes you got to realize that I'm already at at the top of it, and and and. And you know you you try to change your 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 stroke and that, and usually you, most people will regress. So mm. I learned I learned a few years ago I wanted to try this, I wanted to try that, and I usually took a step backwards. So I got to the point now where you know sure I want to catch every race, but I realize I'm never going to do that, and I'm at my game. And I think the more simplified it is, the better it is. Too much data, too much info, just clutter, and it really throws you off. So I just I really streamlined it. I could really, you know, if I was the guy running the racing form, I would eliminate 80% of it, and it'd be easy. You know, if you don't know how to read the racing form, it could be taught in, in two 10-minute sessions. But the way it is today and the way it is online, it's just impossible to take all this info in and put them together. I'm not a computer. Guys use computers. So I think simplifying this game is a lot easier. Hmm. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you that the, the honest truth is 90% of it is gambling. 10% of it is handicapping. Important thing is how to bet them right. Interesting. Yeah. Do you have any special angles that you will play on the Breeders' Cup races? Okay, put it this way. There's a, you throw a racing form at any track in the world, to me, like five minutes to post, and what I'll look at is see if there's a ton of front runners in the race, I'll bet the horse that comes from behind. If there's only one front runner in the race, I'll bet that front runner at the right price. And that's basically the, the angle, the first angle I gave you. Uh, that's when I look through the, when I said earlier, I look through the, the whole card in 10 minutes. I just looking for that. I'm looking for a race full of front runners and hopefully I'll get a, you know, a nice long shot that comes from behind. doesn't have to be real talented and, you know, we'll just pick up the pieces. And, and a good scenario usually would be the race with flight line. Flight line goes to the front. Life is good goes to the front. A couple of other horses stay close, and the two closers are Happy Saber and Rich Strike with the longer shots. And in a normal race, if that's like a 50 claimer, you know, with a one to five shot in there, I'll bet those two horses box every day and not worry. But Flightline 
is a different kind of one to five. You know, I don't want to lose my money against a freak of nature. So any other circumstance, that would be one of my races, but I'm not going to, you know, I might, I might, I might bet, you know, a $20 box, rich, say, rich strike and happy saver. But if it was another race, it'd be a $200 box. I just don't want to bet against a horse like that and pray that the scenario gets me there. I don't think nothing will help to beat that horse. And Tommy, I guess for someone like you, this Breeders' Cup Saturday, it's it's the challenge. It's the World Series Stanley Cup Super Bowl. It's the challenge of a handicapper to pick winners when each race is so tough that must really excite you. Yeah, no, no, it's not really the opposite excites me. I, I become a fan of. I, I stopped becoming a fan of the game as I started to do this. You know, as an everyday horse player, and you kind of, kind of do that to focus, right? I, this is the example for me this week, and it's. I'm the last guy who made it to the Pro Bowl in football, and I know I'm going to get two minutes on the field, but I don't care. I'm standing on the sideline, and instead, of, you know, they'll be watching the greatest other in the the craft, the other greatest football players. But I get to watch all the greatest horses and be a fan for for you know for a day, and I'm going to enjoy that. I, I'm not a fan almost all year, but for, for today, I'll be a fan. And as for the handicapping, uh, I like to pick my spots. It's not the day for me to really go crazy. I'm going to have fun today. Interesting. Larry? So before we let you go, is uh, is there a couple of possible plays you mm-hmm. can throw it at us? <laughs> yeah, the way I would play it, I would box uh, Happy Saver and Rich Strike, and then I would play a trifecta, triactor on top, light line on top of those two. That's why he's the best. Tommy, as always, a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy this day. Enjoy your weekend in Keeneland. And we'll talk down the road, my friend. Okay, I really enjoy your show, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you, Tommy. We enjoy having you on. After the break, Larry Simpson looking at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park. And, of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's much-anticipated Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We will be right back. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities of potential Betting gems, as Larry gives us his much-beloved Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by our good friends at Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, take it away. The people are listening. Okay, thanks, Jim. Let's uh, start at Woodbine. They have a 10-race card today, including the Glorious Song Stakes and the the, the uh, Display Stakes. Uh, race 5, though, is a very competitive maiden special weight for two-year-old fillies. Five-and-a-half furlongs on the tapita surface for a purse of $126,000. That's that big number again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Number nine, Star Candy, makes her third start off the layoff. And of her career to date, that's oh, also her third career start, and uh, also makes her first start on the tapita surface. Uh, she debuted at Woodbine at seven furlongs on the turf, a race that saw Star Candy just get beat by a half a length uh, when she finished second. Uh, trainer Mark Cassie, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah, obviously saw enough in that race to enter Star Candy in the grade one Natalma Stakes on September 17th at Woodbine. A uh, race that was at a mile on the turf and was won by the highly regarded uh, Kevin Attard filly Last Call. And another good filly, uh, Cairo Consort, was also in that race as well. So uh, uh, Star Candy went a long way on the front end in that stakes event. And she should appreciate the drop down in class today back to a maiden special weight. Uh, She's had four works since the Natalma. Uh, gets the services of jockey Patrick uh, Husbands, who was aboard. Uh, oh, Patrick Husbands. Yeah, he was aboard her in her debut race back in August. And uh, trainer Mark Cassie and uh, jockey Patrick Husbands have a win percentage of 24% together. So Woodbine, race five, number nine, Star Candy. All right, I like that. What's next? Well, it's like Christmas for horse players mm-hmm. today at uh, Keeneland with uh, Breeders' Cup Day. Uh, race five is the Breeders' Cup Mile on the dirt for a purse of uh, $1 million. Uh, there's 11 horses entered. And honestly, I think you can pretty much uh, make a case for all 11 of these horses. No being kidding. That's how, that's how tight it is. So. But I'm going to take a shot with number six, Laurel River, uh, from the barn of Bob Baffert and a four-year-old that has been lightly raced with only seven lifetime starts with four wins and two of those at a mile distance, which is a, a real positive, I think. Um, this guy was laid off from September... Uh, 2021 to July 31st of this year, and he thumped an optional claiming field by four and three-quarter lengths at Delmar. Um, that was at today's distance of a mile, and then uh, Laurel, uh, Laurel River took a 97 buyer rating that day. Um, he was next seen on August 27th in the grade two Pat O'Brien stakes, again at Delmar, and Laurel River put in a superb performance, winning the stakes by three and three-quarter lengths. And this was in a career best buyer of 108. So this is a horse that's shown a lot of improvement. Every race is getting better and better, lightly raced as well. Uh, since that race, Laurel River has five great works. Two of them are at six furlongs, three at uh, five furlongs. 
And you have to like a horse that is fresh coming into today's Breeders' Cup mile, I think. So uh, I also like the fact that he's stretching out in distance. He's going from seven furlongs, and he's not cutting back to the uh, one-mile distance like some of these other horses are coming right. from a mile right. and an eighth, mile and a quarter and that. So, you know, I think, I think that's a strong positive. So Keeneland, race five, Breeders' Cup mile, number six, Laurel River. Lovely. Next. <clears throat> All right, let's start uh, Santa Anita. They host a 10-race card, and race 10... Uh, sees 11 maiden two-year-old fillies going six furlongs on the turf for a purse of $61,000, and these are California breds. Number five, Nyvan, is a daughter of Nyquist and actually made her racing debut at Indianapolis in September and was a beaten favorite that day where the filly was basically steadied in the stretch and still finished second, though. Um, now, that was against open maidens. Today, Nyvan is, is back with uh, fellow ca- uh, California breds, <clears throat> Excuse me. And having uh, the one race under her belt, I think, should really help this girl. Um, since that September 9th race, trainer Doug O'Neill has worked uh, her five times, the last two of five furlongs, including the second one back that was a bullet 59 and one handily work. So that's a, that's a super work. Uh, Nyvan is bred on both sides for grass. She's got turf again today and looks very solid here. So Santa Anita, race 10, number five, Nyvan. And then finally? Finally, we got Woodbine Mohawk Park. They have an 11 race card. And race seven is a one-mile pace for conditioned uh, pacers, a purse of uh, $18,000. Number five, Mappo's Lion was in a preferred handicap last Saturday night. And from the seven hole, Mappo's Lion was able to get up for the four, for fourth, beating only a length for the win, with a final quarter in 27 flat. Uh, tonight, Mappo's Lion drops into a condition event where the last time he dropped down was on uh, September the 3rd, and he was a winner at 5-1 to one odds in this particular class. Actually, despite racing in classes uh, higher uh, lately, Mappo's Lion has finished fourth or better in five of his last six starts, so he continues to hold his form well, you could say. So let's see if the class drop tonight rewards Mappo's Lion with a win. So Woodby Mohawk Park, race seven, number five, Mappo's Lion. And Larry, good luck with your bills as they take on the Jets. I like them on the money line big time, the way they're playing. So mm-hmm. your bills continue to win. A special shout-out to our buddy Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. As always, thank you for joining us. And this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, a new one was just released recently, email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 24-7 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 247 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and please donate to the cause. Stick around with the 105.9 of the region all week long. The legend Ann Romer is next with the Feed York region's only magazine show. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.